Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one all Eastern times at seven thirty Tudor Dixon, Republican for Governor of Michigan will be here eight oh five Blake Masters, Republican for the Senate in Arizona will be here eight twenty, Adam Laxalt Republican for the Senate from Nevada, all must wins as far as I'm concerned. Now. Joe Biden's going to give a speech at 7 p.m. Eastern. We will start with that speech as well. We will take it live to a point. We'll be listening closely to see if it's worth our time. We'll let it start. But that said, he's going to talk, they say, about democracy and violence. Something the Democrat Party knows about, violence and undermining democracy. Now, I want to remind you about violence. If you listen to this program, things that we have said, I have said here for years, but we went back just to 2020. Violence. And the Democrats. And the media. April 17, 2020. Cut 19. Go. So the president tweets out, liberate Minnesota. You know. Liberate New York. Liberate these, these dark blue states. And you know what the left and the media are saying? He's encouraging violence. These same Democrats who supported Black Lives Matter and Antifa, or at least kept their mouth shut, they say the president is encouraging violence by using the word liberate? How about resistance? Does that word encourage violence? How about calling Trump Hitler or Stalin? Does that encourage violence? The Democrats are always encouraging violence. They're violent. Their base is violent. The Republican base isn't violent. 
in part because the Republican base is much older than the Democrat base. But it's not violent. We don't need lectures from the party of violence. So the president says liberate. The word liberate, oh, he must mean violent. This is how sick the media are. And they are sick. April 12, 2021, almost a year later, the shooting of Dante Wright, reporters and media participating in creating violence in America. Cut 20, go. It's these reporters, and in many ways it's the media that are participating in creating enormous violence in this country. And I'm not kidding. And I'm not kidding. They're participating in creating enormous violence in this country. These are not reporters. These are antagonists. That's exactly what they are. They've already drawn a conclusion. So what do you want to do? You want to charge this cop with murder? Is that what you want to do? What do you want to do? And why charge them? Just find them guilty and throw them in prison. Preposterous. January 5, 2022. Cut 21, go. They cannot make the case that President Trump authorized a violent attack against the Capitol building, or as Ted Cruz now puts it, an attack by domestic terrorists, I suppose. They cannot make that case. So they're trying to make the case that it's a dereliction of duty by the president. They've covered up Nancy Pelosi's role. They will not release documents, texts, emails. They will not subpoena her records. They will not compel her testimony under penalty of criminal indictment. And the media, of course, are absolutely silent on this point. To what extent are the media and the Democrat Party and these radical groups responsible Responsible for the violence that has taken place in this country. And we're not going to play them all, and here's the last one I'm going to play. January 20, 2022. Go. Democrats and the leftist media continue to champion the House's sham investigation into January 6, with news breaking just yesterday that the illegally constituted committee had subpoenaed Rudy Giuliani, Jenny Ellis, and others. If these January 6th truthers genuinely believed that election-related rhetoric caused the Capitol riots and represented a real threat to our republic, they would turn their attention to the current White House and to their grand poopa. In one week alone, Biden eclipsed everything Trump and his supporters said about the validity of the 2020 election. By framing his false claims of voter suppression and election subversion as Jim Crow 2.0, Our commander-in-chief has guaranteed a divided America. The only remaining question is whether he has also guaranteed a violent America. Now, we've touched on this, too. And not just Biden. Schumer, the Democrat Party, and the media have planted the seeds of violence after the 2022 and 24 elections, particularly the latter. And they've told the nation that Donald Trump is not, not to be a nominee. These are the real Bolsheviks. That's right, I said it. Mm-hmm. And what about Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the media and their friends? Small montage from Grabian. Cut 23, go. 
I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. In the eyes of the law, yes. But in the eyes of good and evil, here's the argument. They are strictly principled anti-fascists. And what they see in the Trump administration and what they see happening in this country, they see, they see the neo-fascism that we see. And they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. I think that a lot of people recognize that when pushed, self-defense is a legitimate response to white supremacist and neo-Nazi violence. The problem is to equate the violence in reaction against bigotry with the bigotry itself is to misunderstand the fact that when you go to cancer treatment, the radiation is tough treatment, but it is meant to remove the cancer. They wouldn't have been anywhere near there had it not been for the fact that white supremacists, neo-Nazis were out scaring the living daylouts out of most of the people in that town. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The media and the Democrats have supported Antifa. They have supported Black Lives Matter. In the 60s, they supported the Weather Underground, Black Panthers, Students for Democratic Action. Who are they fooling? Who are they kidding? And what exactly have the Democrats done for quote-unquote democracy? What have they done? Election deniers? Are you kidding me? Peter Ducey asked Corinne Jean-Pierre at the White House briefing today, is Biden going to call out Democrat election deniers tonight too? Cut to, go. In the context of calling out election deniers then, is he going to call out Republicans that deny election results and Democrats that deny election it doesn't results? Ma- it doesn't matter if there's a D or an R after your name. Uh, he will call out any rhetoric uh, that is a poli- that, that leads to po- potentially political violence or that calls to political violence for political violence. That is a problem. He, the president has always, always condemned uh, political violence. It doesn't matter, again, if you're a Republican. Everybody or- has always condemned political violence. But Joe Biden's comments, comments are violent rhetoric. That's what they are. They're violent rhetoric. Speech he gave in front of an Independence Hall with a red background. Shocking. Calling tens of millions of people semi-fascists. Sickening. Trying to turn one American against another, whether it's the oil companies, whether it's race, he's disgusting. And in terms of denying elections, I've played this before, and I'm not going to play the whole thing again, but let's just get a little taste of this before the king of hate speech, Joe Biden, speaks tonight. Democrats denying election results. Cut 24, go. You can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win, so how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate, <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. 
He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is a legitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. There absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And in that sense, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an illegitimate president. Stolen emails. Stolen drone. Stolen drone. Stolen election. Welcome to the world of unprecedented Trump. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. <laughs> the Russian attempt to, ha to have the election, and frankly, the FBI is uh, weighing in on the election, I think make the, make, makes his election illegitimate. There was a widespread understanding that this election was not on the level. We still don't know what really happened, Isaac. I mean, there's just a lot that I think will be revealed, history will discover. But you don't win by three million votes and have all this other shenanigans stuff going on and not come away with an idea like, whoa, something's not right here. The outcome of the election was affected by their interference. And now we need to know, you know to what degree, uh, if any, the Trump campaign was actually in collusion with the uh, with, so with Russia. He knows he's an illegitimate president. So, of course, he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. And Al Gore won that election. I think he won anyway. Actually, I think <laughs> I carried Florida. Bush versus Gore. A court took away a presidency. If all the votes were counted in Florida, that Al Gore would be president today and George Bush would be back in office. I come from Florida where you and others participated in what I call the United States coup d'etat. There's no doubt in my mind that Al Gore was elected president. I rise to object to the fraudulent 25 Florida electoral votes. I must object because of the overwhelming evidence of official misconduct, delivery the fraud, chair, and an attempt the to chair must remind It is signed by myself on behalf of my diverse constituents and the millions of Americans who have been disenfranchised by Florida's inaccurate vote count. The Supreme the, uh, Court, not the is, people of the United the, States, decided this election. Speaking to a Democratic group in Chicago Tuesday, he made it clear he thinks Al Gore was the winner. By the time it was over, our candidate had won the popular vote, and the only way they could win the election was to stop the voting in Florida. Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results. Al Gore would be president. The yeah, Supreme yes, Court elected the president. Yeah. Al Gore won the state of Florida in 2000, although not the presidency. But the Supreme Court tampered? That's a large charge. The Supreme Court stopped the counting of the votes, and if they let the count go on, Al Gore would have got the necessary votes. The Supreme Court selected 
George W. Bush. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and this goes on for another six minutes. So when you hear Biden tonight talk about election deniers and how dangerous they are, when you hear him talk about violent rhetoric, I want you to remember whose mouth that's coming from. And I want you to remember that the man who will be speaking to you at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight worked arm in arm, hand in hand, with the worst Southern segregationists to prevent school integration half a century ago. I want you to remember that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. We've now reached a point, ladies and gentlemen, where the people who began this election-denying, challenging the Electoral College starting under Bush's election in 2000 and 2004, in 2016 with Trump, the election deniers led by Hillary Clinton, including Biden himself, Al Gore, Carter, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Now they're accusing Republicans of being election deniers because of legitimate questions raised about what their lawyers had done in 2020. And the party of violence, the Democrat Party, the party of the Klan, the party that refused to outlaw lynching, the party of segregation, the party of all these horrific things. Now is accusing Republicans of promoting violence when their cities are loaded with violence as a result of Democrat Party policy. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad 
Democrat as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinfrayhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. If the world seems so confusing, Mike will be glad to clear that up for you. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, the Reagan line is really the simplest way to understand this election. Are you better off than you were two years ago? The Democrats had their shot for 20 months. They burned down our oil industry. They burned down our food industry. They've burned down our border wall. They're burning down our constitutional and legal systems. Inflation through the roof. Gas prices through the roof. Just imagine another two years. Can you handle that? Can you handle another two years? There's another thing going on in this country. They're talking about these white suburban women who are kind of shifting remarkably and heavily toward the Republicans. I want to talk about this for a moment. There was a piece in Real Clear Politics by Lynn Uzel about a month or so ago, six weeks ago, and she's the visiting assistant professor of politics at Washington Lee University, and she specializes in the Constitutional Convention. She wrote, recently, Michael Tesler commented on the rise of white identity politics. Tesler's analysis draws on years of research into radicalized politics, and he shows convincingly there is a rise in white identity politics, and that this rise is tied to perceptions of anti-white discrimination, quote-unquote. But when trying to explain why perceptions of anti-white bias might also be on the rise, his analysis falls flat. Supposedly it has something to do with Republicans and Donald Trump. And I'm telling you this because this is the narrative of the Democrat Party and the media. Oh, look at the white rise. I want to get back to this, but there was an ad that's been played by a group um, that's a very mainstream group. What is it? No, it's uh, apparently it's America First Legal, it says here. Uh, But Chris Hayes said this is indistinguishable from David Duke, but you'd expect that from Chris Hayes because he's worked for the nation in the past, which is, a, uh, in my view, a commie rag, and he's a radical kook. But here's... Here's how it goes. Go ahead. When did racism against white people become okay? Joe Biden put white people last in line for COVID relief funds. Kamala Harris said disaster aid should go to non-white citizens first. Liberal politicians block access to medicine based on skin color. Progressive corporations, airlines, universities, all openly discriminate against white Americans. Racism is always wrong. The left's anti-white bigotry must stop. We are all entitled to equal treatment under law. America First Legal paid for this ad. And of course, that's true. American Marxism, we have a whole section on this, 
that points out how this has been done in the media and by the Democrat Party. Facts don't lie. Democrats do. Now, Professor Uzel goes on. Never once does this author speculate whether perceptions of such discrimination might be on the rise because anti-white racism is becoming increasingly common. In other words, perhaps white Americans are accurately perceiving a real phenomenon that is now pervasive in schools and the workplace, and I might add, in the Democrat Party and the media. As any student of George Orwell knows, no authoritarian authoritarian government can ever gain complete control unless it commandeers people's thinking through the manipulation of language. So the dystopian powers in 1984 deliberately turned the meaning of words upside down in a process known as double-think. The same process is happening today with the words used to discuss racism. In true Orwellian fashion, Ibram X. Kendi, remember him, the radical? He insists that the only way to fight racism is to embrace racial discrimination in perpetuity. This so-called anti-racism, as he calls it, is as likely to stamp out genuine racism as Orwell's Ministry of Truth was apt to stamp out falsehoods. In order to understand what's going on, we must call to mind the traditional definition of racism, the stereotyping, denigrating, marginalizing, or excluding of persons on the basis of race. Look up any definition of racism prior to the racial awakening taking place in the last decade, and it'll be, one, race neutral, two, involve some act of free will, relating to word, deed, or belief. Okay? So they've changed the, the definition fundamentally now. And that's how this works. And we've talked about this before. Changing the language. The definition of racism has undergone a radical change in short time. According to the new 8th grade curriculum for the Albemarle County, Virginia school district, racism now means, quote, the marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. Perhaps the most jarring aspect of this new definition is that, it's, that it is no longer race neutral. It is now impossible, by definition, for white people to be victims of racism. The definition itself constructs a racial hierarchy whereby only people of color may be victimized and, the only, and only white people may marginalize or oppress But there's something even more insidious about the new definition. Since the marginalization and or oppression of people of color is no longer committed by word, thought, or deed, but is based instead on an inescapable, socially constructed racial hierarchy that always privileges white people, quote-unquote, it means that white people are engaging in racism simply by being white. That is, simply by existing. And hence are privileged within this impersonal system of marginalization and oppression. A person of color is a victim of racism by definition. A person identified as white is a racist by definition. Therefore, not only does the new definition fail to capture the full meaning of racism, the definition is itself an example of the anti-white racism being taught to our children. This is critical race theory. Anti-white racism is also seeping into history lessons, most notably through the curriculum adapted from the New York Times 1619 Project. When the 1619 Project was first published, it attracted immediate criticism. Five eminent historians criticized it for its bias and factual errors. 
Others criticized it for emphasizing only what was blameworthy about America's history and omitting what was praiseworthy. While these concerns are certainly valid, there's another serious problem that has received scant attention. The account is a surprisingly racist version of U.S. history. The lead article for the 1619 Project is by Nicole Hannah-Jones, who's been writing anti-white screeds at least since she was a college sophomore. In a letter to her college paper, she alleged, quote, the white race is the biggest murderer, rapist, pillager, and thief of the modern world, unquote. Not only were the white people in America's past barbaric devils, barbaric devils, but the descendants of these savage people continue to harm the black community to this day, she said. Non-whites, by contrast, were uniformly portrayed as both virtuous and victimized. Of course, nobody should be held accountable for the hyperboles and inanities one might espouse as an undergraduate. Few of us could bear the brunt of such an examination. The sophomoric scribblings of young Nicole Hanna would be irrelevant, except that the pattern in her writing isn't changed. What we find in her Pulitzer Prize-winning contribution to the 1619 Project is more moderate in tone, more sophisticated in composition, but otherwise it is the same racialized dualism she espoused in college. In Hannah Jones's article, an important part of the lesson plan adapted for schools, the word white is used to describe people or community 77 times. And in 35 cases, white people are described as holding some kind of power or privilege, almost always unearned or illegitimate. In 32 cases, the word is associated with oppression, injustice, and cruelty, white enslavers, widespread white violence, systemic white suppression of black life, etc., in the telling of history, white Americans during the darkest days of Jim Crow held the same racist ideology as Jefferson and his fellow white colonists. With 32 instances of specially white barbary, it is impossible to ignore the gratuitous overuse of this racial category when describing everything that is diabolical in this country's history. Nowhere do we read about a white American acting for the good, except in a single instance in which certain white Republicans joined forces with the black community after the Civil War. We find the popular opposite when examining the 136 references to black people in this article. The word is used 72 times to describe victimization by violence or injustice, always at the hands of whites. 49 times in laudable terms, there's not a single instance in which black is used to describe a person or deed deserving of criticism. While only a textual analysis can provide the big picture, Individual passages drive home the racist message more explicitly. Quote, for the most part, according to this history, black Americans fought to secure rights alone. Yet we never fought only for ourselves. The article teaches schoolchildren that black Americans more than any other group embrace the democratic ideals of a common good. Children also learn, quote, our founding fathers may not have actually believed in the ideals they espoused, but black people did. Hannah Jones's composition is American history in black and white. It teaches that blackness is everything that enables this country and whiteness is everything that debases it. There was a time in the Jim Crow South to their everlasting shame when schools taught children lessons in white supremacy masters American history. The 1619 Project has introduced a new form of black supremacy to American history and it's been adopted by 4,500 schools. 
The Economist has reported on the dizzying number of equity-related hiring commitments promised by American businesses. Facebook alone has promised to hire 30% more black people in leadership positions. Since other businesses across America have made similar commitments, we can expect the competition to hire and promote black professionals will drive their value to stratospheric heights, while the perceived value of white professionals will plummet. Recent training program at Bank of America made the consequences of such commitments unmistakably clear. It instructed, quote, white employees in particular to cede power to people of color, quote, unquote. There's no word that any member of Bank of America's board of directors had offered to step down and make room for a replacement of cover. Demands for self-denial are always made by persons who already hold seats of power and privilege and who have no intention of giving them up. There's nevertheless privileged employees who are expected to submit to degradation based on their race or sex. And it's true, isn't it? Racism of any kind is never a single defining act. It is death by a thousand cuts, and these cuts to white employees have become ubiquitous. I know of a book project that had been under contract for two years before being scuttled. The press rejected the volume of collected essays in part because the 14 contributing authors were not sufficiently diverse. The acquisition editor at the press defended the judgment of one of its anonymous reviewers. Books coming out right now simply do not have to address systemic whiteness and maleness that pervades the academy and particularly political science. <clears throat> and it goes on. Skeptics inclined to dismiss the seriousness of anti-white racism will likely counter <coughs> excuse me, that the examples I've described are milquetoast. They're not nearly as horrific as the anti-black racism of the Jim Crow South. Of course they're not. Of course they're not. Anti-white racism is not that bad now, nor is it reasonable to expect it will get that bad in the foreseeable future. Nevertheless, racism of any kind is an evil in itself. Anti-white racism is today a greater problem, at least in the white-collar world, than anti-black racism. And its continued prevalence, prevalence, excuse me, its continued prevalence, this is very, very tiny font, I'm doing my best, and severity is likely to spawn a backlash that will further inflame racial enmity. For anyone who may be skeptical that anti-white racism is now worse than anti-black, consider this. Overt acts of anti-black discrimination today are socially, politically, and professionally unimaginable. Not so with whites. In addition to the ubiquity of the evil itself, this racism is bound to provoke backlash, and she goes on. But you can't talk about this, even though it's obvious. When you watch Joy Reid, when you watch Tiffany Cross, or MSNBC generally, when you watch CNN, when you watch some of the so-called experts and professors they bring on, it is just undeniable. And when you read American Marxism in the section I have there from a Heritage Foundation, I think it's a fellow, his name's Goldberg. When he, New York Times, Washington Post, and the other media outlets, the statistics are unequivocal. It's not a perception, it's a reality. And so when we talk about a colorblind society, we, the people, I don't care if you're white, black, or in between, you're attacked. Why? Because what you're dealing with now is an ideology, a Democrat party and their surrogates who used to embrace 
anti-black racism and now embrace anti-white racism and I might add anti-Asian racism and anti-Hispanic racism. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, the nation is a radical left rag. Uh, Chris Hayes has been an editor there. The nation endorsed Bernie Sanders in his two last elections. And also, uh, almost a year ago, the nation named Jacobin founder Bashkar Sankara as its new president. Jacobin is a literary outlet for socialists and worse. And so... Again, when you read American Marxism, you understand where all this is coming from. Uh, the racism, the, the kind of tribalism, the, dis- the effort to destroy society. And, it, and it's the kind of people that Comcast, through MSNBC and NBC, hire. Hire. Now, most of you don't know who Chris Hayes is. He's a bizarre-looking guy with these bizarre glasses who says bizarre things. So he says that the the ad that was played, that I played for you, uh, it could have been played by David Duke. Why, does David Duke believe in a colorblind society? I thought he was a neo-Nazi or a Klansman. That means he would be a long-time, old-time Democrat. Chris. Reminder, at the top of the hour, we will go to Joe Biden live. We'll see how much of it we can tolerate. Uh... I'm, I'm not into uh, masochism, and listening to him is just that. We shall see. Uh, we have a whole lot more to talk about. We have three very important candidates coming up. Uh, I see the interest rates went up another three-quarters of a point. The housing market is plummeting. Um, and the Fed chairman said today that they are still scared to hell, in so many words, of inflation, and they have to fight it. You just remember that when Democrats ask you for your vote. Might as well hand them your wallet. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, here's Joe Biden. Good evening, everyone. Just a few days ago, a little before 2.30 a.m. in the morning, a man smashed the back windows and broke into the home of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, the third highest-ranking official in America. He carried in his backpack zip ties, duct tape, rope, and a hammer. As he told the police, he had come looking for Nancy Pelosi to take her hostage, to interrogate her, to threaten to break her kneecaps. But she wasn't there. Her husband, my friend Paul Pelosi, was home alone. The assailant tried to take Paul hostage. He woke him up. He wanted to tie him up. The assailant ended up using a hammer to smash Paul's skull. Thankfully, by the grace of God, Paul survived. All this happened after the assault. And it just, I, it's hard to even say. And the police. It's hard to even say. After the assailant Safe entered the call. home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol on January oh, the 6th. I see. When they broke windows, kicked in the doors. So that ties them to an unhinged, mentally ill, drug-addicted, homeless, illegal alien. And erected gallows to hang the former vice president. That illegal alien who should have been deported. It was an enraged mob that had been whipped up into a frenzy by a president repeating over and over again the big lie that the election of 2020... Oh, election deniers. Well, folks, that's why I played that for you in the first hour. Dangerous rise in political violence and voter intimidation over the past two years. Even before January the 6th, we saw election officials and election workers. All right, let's, let's turn this down. This is uh, not on the White House uh, website because this is a political speech. It's being uh, promoted by the Democrat National Committee at Union Station. It's not an official political uh, presidential speech, even though he has the flags behind him. We're going to listen a little bit longer, but I'm going to tell you this. I am not comfortable using these airwaves for this kind of demagoguery and propaganda before an election. When the country is teetering, when we have massive violence in our streets as a result of his party, people being maimed and killed and raped, when we have an economy that's fallen off the edge of the cliff heading toward a depression, Borders wide open? No. The American people deserve better than this from a desperate last-minute effort by Biden. Go. This violence against Democrats, Republicans, and nonpartisan officials just doing their jobs are the consequence of lies told for power and profit, lies of conspiracy and malice, lies repeated over and over to generate a cycle of anger Hate, vitriol. That's enough. That's enough. Folks, you can't watch MSNBC and CNN. You can't read the Washington Post and the New York Times. You can't watch NBC, ABC, and CBS without the constant lies, racism, 
violent and vile language. The media have a huge role in this. And of course, the Democrat Party always, always is a party that was built on violence, that persisted on violence, and still embraces violence. Not a word about the riots of 2020, which destroyed cities, which literally left people dead, which harmed police officers, changed the way we police in this country. The consequences are felt every single minute of every day, particularly in our metropolitan areas. And we have to listen to a man who heads that party, who doesn't say a syllable about it, and won't. Not a word. Not a word. Now, obviously, what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband is horrific. It is horrific. So why wasn't this illegal alien deported? Why wasn't this guy with a long criminal record kept in prison? It's California, after all. It's San, San Francisco, after all. And now we find out that the Capitol Police have video monitors in that house in yet another unbelievable failure. They apparently weren't looking at them. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with any Republican running for office. It has nothing to do with any voters who are going to vote for Republicans. This is the big lie. And Joe Biden is a street politician. That's all he is. He doesn't have a, a sensible bone in his body. And I'm not going to play any more of this. If you want to hear more of it, go somewhere else or whatever. This is a free political ad on all national media platforms. We've got a close governor's race in New York. Where the Democrats in New York have destroyed that New York City and have destroyed the state. No matter what Biden says tonight. And Biden is blaming Republicans for election intimidation. That's all this is. This is a stump speech. A shameless stump speech given on TV by a president. It's appalling. And any sensible news organization should shut this down. This kind of propaganda. It's horrendous. Who do you think most of the people who are riding in 2020 vote for? Do they vote for Republicans or Democrats? Who do they vote for? Why is it that the Democrats are so hot to trot in giving felons the right to vote? Bernie Sanders wanted to give murderers the right to vote even while they're in prison. You remember that? What's that all about? Because that's part of their constituency. This president doesn't support law and order. This president has opened borders where criminal illegal aliens are not being deported. This president is a failure and a disgrace. This is all he has. So he labels Republicans as a threat to democracy. Now you folks out there, 
You see what's going on in your classrooms? You see what's going on on the border? Well, if you watch CNN and MSNBC, you don't. But if you watch Fox, you see it. You see what's going on with the economy? Our energy system is under attack. God knows what it's going to be like in five years. God knows what it's going to be like this winter in a third of the country. We're always on the brink of war with this guy. And this is what he does. It's January 6th. Focus on January 6th. Because the Democrats can't run on their record, America. They have impoverished many people in this country. They have lied, pushing their ideology in this country. They have taken affirmative steps to help violent criminals in this country. Affirmative steps. They can't run on law and order. They can't run on anti-crime. They can't run on victims' rights. They can't run on securing the border, having a rational immigration system. They can't run on reducing drugs like fentanyl coming into this country because we have records amount. They can't run on improving the lives of the vast majority of Americans in this country and their families. They can't run on promoting civil rights because they don't. They promote racism. They can't run on better education for your children with their test scores going up because they're plummeting. They can't run on anything. They're not even sure in the final hours of this campaign season what they should be running on. What Joe Biden is doing here is very sleazy. And what the media are doing very sleazy for covering this live. Once you heard enough of it, if you're a real news organization, in my view, you withdraw. Because all it is is a campaign speech without equal time. Without equal time. So basically, Joe Biden is running against Mr. and Mrs. America. He's running against anybody who's a Republican. He's running against anybody who doesn't support his agenda. He's calling you names. He's saying you're a threat. He's saying you're potentially violent. Have you ever seen a president do this before? Ever? You need to send them a message, America, that you're not going to put up with this. You're not going to put out with a man in the Oval Office who's going to degrade you and demean you. And if you weren't motivated to vote, you should be motivated like never before. Like never before. Paul Bedard at the Washington Examiner, citing Media Research Center in their study, their investigation, 87% of Republican coverage by... The major media, ABC, NBC, and CBS is negative. 87%. 87%. Treat Republicans negatively, despite the fact that the party that controls the White House and Congress is the Democrat Party. 87% of the coverage by the big three networks is negative toward Republicans. 
In the 2018 election, when Donald Trump was president in the midterms back then, 88% was negative toward Republicans. The pattern is obvious. Meanwhile, the Dow end of the day, more than 500 points lost, 1.6%. The S&P 500 sank 2.5%. The Nasdaq composite slid 3.4%. The market has lost almost 70% in value this year. That's your, 50, that's your 401k. That's your IRA. That's your job. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With the upcoming midterms, keep something in mind. You don't just vote at the ballot box. You vote with your every dollar you spend and the companies you spend them with. Verizon Wireless customers, you're supporting a company that dropped One American News. AT&T customers, your company owns far-left CNN. And T-Mobile, your CEO reportedly advised Democrats on how to beat Trump. Don't give your money to woke wireless companies. Instead, choose Pure Talk, a company that believes in family values. And they also believe in giving you great service at a low cost, like unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Average family saves almost $1,000 a year. I'm a Pure Talk customer, folks. Here's what I like. Same network, same coverage, same phone, lower bill, and 30 days risk-free. Switching can take just 10 minutes. It's a no-brainer. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N podcast, and make the switch to my company, Pure Talk. What Joe Biden is saying in this speech is pretty much what he said at Independence Hall. And he hasn't said a damn thing about inflation, oil prices, securing the border, and crime in our streets. What he has said in more ways than one. Don't vote for the Republicans. Because they will destroy America. Vote for me and my party because we will save it. Now, I'd love to know who wrote that speech, because if they're on the government payroll, they violated federal law in the Hatch Act. And if he were Donald Trump, they'd want to know that immediately. But I want you to understand how loathsome this man is. And his surrogates in the press. How they concoct this whole narrative about Republicans generally, and MAGA, and conservatives, or... You independents and even some Democrats who are going to vote Republican or have. You're voting against democracy. If you don't leave the Democrats in power, where they can allow the murderers, the rapists, and the marauders roam the streets. If you don't leave the Democrats in power, where they can teach your kids things that are unsayable in public school. If you don't leave the Democrats in power, so they can continue to push racism and critical race theory and lower the, the IQ, the scholarship of your children. If you don't keep the Democrats in power, where they can continue to politicize federal law enforcement and use it against pro-lifers and parents and Republicans. If you don't keep the Democrats in power, where they can continue to destroy one industry after another including our energy industry, 
If you are not willing to be impoverished, to suffer, to make choices about heating and eating, then you're un-American. You're a threat to democracy. Is that what democracy means to you? Now, by democracy, I'm talking about constitutional republicanism because I can't keep correcting it. But you understand what I mean. Is that democracy to you? You have to vote Democrat? You have to salute? You have to bow down? Is that what democracy means to you? And if you don't, you're part of a violent mob? January 6th, he keeps talking about. What he will not talk about is all the days since then where the Democrats have been in control, where murders are up, where rapes are up, where assaults are up, where businesses are being destroyed. That he won't talk about. The war on the Constitution, the war on free speech, the war on the courts. Joe Biden sat there silently, silently, as did Nancy Pelosi. Days and days after the assassination threat against Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh. I was on this program days later saying, where are the Democrats? Where's Biden? Where's Pelosi? Where are they? And you know what's fascinating about this in a sickening way? The Democrats are the ones who are prepared to say the midterm elections are illegitimate. Hillary Clinton already said the 2024 election is illegitimate. They've said the 20 election is illegitimate. The 2004 election is illegitimate. The 2016 election is illegitimate. We have the audio. We have the video. And now, of course, the 2024 election is illegitimate. As is this one with all the deniers on the Republican side running for office. And yet, what of all the deniers on the Democrat side? One week before the midterm elections, this is what we get. A hyper-political, demagogic piece of propaganda carried by every network in the country. That's what we get. Because an illegal alien attacked Paul Pelosi horribly. Not a single question by the media, why wasn't he deported? That it's a sanctuary city. Not a single question about why was he out on the street, given his criminal record. Not a single question about all the money we spent for drug rehab and the homeless, where he's still a drug addict and he's on the streets like thousands of others in the city of San Francisco and Democrat cities across this country. America, it's time to say no. It's time to say enough. It's time to reject Biden and his ilk, all of them. It's time to send a message. They want to see democracy in action? Then they shall, like never before. You must act. You must vote and get others to vote, too. I'll be right back. With the upcoming midterms, keep something in mind. You don't just vote at the ballot box. You vote with your every dollar you spend and the companies you spend them with. Verizon Wireless customers, you're supporting a company that dropped One American News. 
AT&T customers, your company owns far-left CNN. And T-Mobile, your CEO reportedly advised Democrats on how to beat Trump. Don't give your money to woke wireless companies. Instead, choose Pure Talk, a company that believes in family values. And they also believe in giving you great service at a low cost, like unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Average family saves almost $1,000 a year. I'm a Pure Talk customer, folks. Here's what I like. Same network, same coverage, same phone, lower bill, and 30 30 days risk-free. Switching can take just 10 minutes. It's a no-brainer. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and make the switch to my company, Pure Talk. Tudor Dixon is running for uh, Governor of Michigan. She was recently on this program. This will be the last time before the election. Tudor Dixon, the President of the United States, just went on TV and trashed the entire Republican Party. And virtually every candidate who's running in the Republican Party uh, said nothing about inflation, the economy, the, uh, the future of the country. What do you think about this? What do I think about this? This is insane. Yep. This is we are now in crazy town where we are. They, they have nothing to run on. Look at what they've done. They've crushed American energy. They have a completely open border, although I would argue that the border is not completely open. We have a border that is completely controlled by the cartels and they're making millions of dollars off of hurting people that are coming across the border. Look at the state of Michigan. Gretchen Whitmer is completely in the bag with Joe Biden following his policies on energy, trying to shut down our pipeline here in the state so that she can crush businesses even more and cost more people more to put gas in their cars and heat their homes. They have nothing to run on because all they've done for the last four, two and four years is destroy states and destroy the country, take away all of the things that were going well, and now they're destroying those. And so you have Gretchen Whitmer coming out and going, how could I possibly run on my own policies and what I've done? The only thing I can do is continually make baseless attacks against my opponent because Let's face it, our plan is a good plan. We're talking about bringing back education, supporting law enforcement, and reducing regulations so we can actually have businesses here. That's terrifying to the Democrats. And it is interesting. They really can't run on the economy. They can't run on national security. They cannot run on immigration. They cannot run on gasoline prices. So they just run their mouths, and they... And Whitmer in particular is, can be a very, very nasty person, and yet you exposed her during the debate. My question to you is, in the last days of this campaign, how are you feeling about the campaign, and is it all go in every direction, including your ground game? Absolutely. We just I literally just walked off the rally stage to come back and talk to you. We have hundreds of people coming to our events. The energy is just amazing out here. People are really ready for a change. And I think the debate was great for us from one standpoint. I, I mean, obviously, she went up there and lied. And she said that the kids were out of school for three months when they were out of school for almost two years in some districts in the state of Michigan. But it wasn't just that. She's really been hiding. She's been running the Biden campaign from the basement, not coming out. When she was trying to be vice president of the United States, she was on national television every single day. We haven't seen her at all. And I think she knew that coming out and being on television again 
would take people back to those times when she just continually shut them down, shut down restaurants for eight months, took kids back out of school, made sure movie theaters couldn't be open, continually crushed to crush livelihoods and lives. And people saw that again and they saw her lying on the debate stage and they went, well, wait a minute. We know what this was like. We don't want to go back there. And in fact, it would be different if she came out on the debate stage and said, look, I'm going to figure out how to get money back in your pockets. I'm going to make sure inflation is not as bad in the state of Michigan, that we can give you some sort of relief here in this state. And I'm going to make sure that we have safe cities instead of having four of the most dangerous cities in America. We're going to go back to having safe cities and I'm going to help businesses. She didn't say any of that. All she came out and said was, you know, my opponent thinks that books are more dangerous than guns. Guess what? In the state of Michigan, we should protect kids from every danger instead of trying to pick and choose. And when you belittle parents that are concerned about the books that are in schools, then those people are going to turn against you when it comes to voting day. All right, folks in Michigan, all you Levinites out there were heard all over the state. Please turn out for Tudor Dixon. If you can vote early, vote early. Bring a lot of people with you. It's going to be a close race. These close races, you don't want to lose a race by 1,200 votes or something like that. It's TudorDixon.com. TudorDixon.com. Any final comments? You've got a rally there. By the way, when you go back to the rally, let them know you were on my show with me. You'll get a very good reaction. I'm sure of that. I will make sure to tell them. And my final thoughts for this are really, we are up against a machine. The Democrats are trying to throw anything that'll stick at the wall at us. They have a massive amount of money. So I appreciate you saying TudorDixon.com. That's the place to go to help us out. And in Michigan, we can restore education. Instead of 60% of our third graders not reading, we're going to make sure that all of our third graders are reading. We can back the blue. We can bring back business. And we can do all of this with common sense policies, not what we're seeing today in Michigan. So please go out and vote and please support us at TudorDixon.com. You folks in Michigan, you have an opportunity to have a great governor. Just listen to her. You really do. Good luck to you. We wish you all the best. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. Boy, she'll be a great governor if she can get elected, folks. You hear how smart she is. You hear how focused in and laser-like she is. She's not talking about January 6th, not talking about any of that stuff. She's talking about the issues that matter to everybody in Michigan. And I don't understand people who keep, who keep voting Democrat right now. Your party's been taken over by radicals. Radicals. Anti-American radicals. That's why the border's wide open. Anti-American radicals who are sabotaging energy independence, sabotaging our own economy. I don't understand how people who who work for a living and pay taxes, want to subsidize any more of this. I don't understand it. You vote against your own interests. You vote against the interests of your family and your neighbors. You vote against the interests of your community and your state. I don't understand it. Unless people are so ideologically driven or so brainwashed. Has Gretchen Whitmer improved your life? Did she not mishandle the virus? She took it out on you, the people of Michigan. That's all she did. Shut them down, put them out of work, put them in jail, don't go outside, wear a mask inside, wear a mask outside, don't send your kids to school. Your state of Michigan, you're going to have to spend the next 20 years trying to claw your way back where you were before she was governor. 
I mean, my God, I don't understand why anybody would vote for this woman, Gretchen Whitmer. I don't understand it. Especially when you have a candidate like Tudor Dixon. Who sounds like she would be absolutely fantastic as governor. I can tell you the huge difference it has been to have Glenn Youngkin in our state. As opposed to any of these Democrats. McAuliffe, for God's sakes. We had McAuliffe before. It makes a huge difference in your life on your property taxes, on the quality of your schools. Support for law enforcement matters. Gretchen Whitmer wants to be some kind of VP candidate for the next Democrat who runs for president or maybe run for president. She's not capable of managing what she's, she's been responsible for. So you're grading her now in Michigan. You're giving her a grade. Has she earned re-election? Look at your grocery bills. Look at inflation. Oh, she had nothing to do with it. She and her party has everything to do with it. Look at your children. Are they better? Are they better off school-wise? She's in charge of those schools. They're not going to fix what they broke. They're not going to fix what they broke. They're going to keep at it. Whitmer for four more years if she wins, God forbid. And the Democrats in Congress for two more years, God forbid. Now's the time. There is no other time. It's now or never. I was mentioning to you, U.S. Capitol Police have live video feed. This is from Just the News at Pelosi home, but didn't notice the break-in. They have a live video feed at her home. She also apparently has the question that I first asked, an alarm system. Well, what happened to the alarm system? Was it broken? Was it turned off? Or was this guy lit in the house? I don't know. Nobody seems interested. And as I pointed out, with respect to Newsom and the DA and the mayor of that city, you're a sanctuary city, you're a sanctuary state. You've been warned over and over again by me and 100,000 other people that your policies are getting people killed, your policies are getting people harmed. Not January 6th. You think some head case, illegal alien from Canada who's a drug addict is thinking about January 6th? Even if he is, he should have been deported. January 6th is more important because of what they try and make out of it for the rest of time than July 4th, 1776, which they dismiss. The party of violence. The party of criminals. The party of illegal immigrants. The party of voter fraud. Whether it's Joe Kennedy Sr. Whether it's Cook County. And all the rest of it. Ooh, they're pointing fingers at us now. Ooh, you Republicans are very violent. Ooh, you Republicans are election deniers. Ooh, you re- Ah, shut up, you creeps. Hopefully, God willing, the American people are on to every one of you. All you do, all you do is attack, 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 and now you've destroyed our our economy, you've destroyed our classrooms, you've destroyed federal law enforcement. 
You've destroyed local law enforcement. You're, defo- you're destroying the military. We're supposed to listen to these idiots? We now have a Supreme Court justice and Justice Jackson who's every bit as radical as I told you she would be. I, I, I can't define a woman. I've not really, I need a biologist. You need a biologist? What a liar. And now she's all in on racial discrimination. All in. If the Equal Protection Clause means anything, she says, it means discrimination. Why? They changed the language. It means discrimination. That's what she says. It's unbelievable. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With the upcoming midterms, keep something in mind. You don't just vote at the ballot box. You vote with your every dollar you spend and the companies you spend them with. Verizon Wireless customers, you're supporting a company that dropped One American News. AT&T customers, your company owns far-left CNN. And T-Mobile, your CEO reportedly advised Democrats on how to beat Trump. Don't give your money to woke wireless companies. Instead, choose Pure Talk, a company that believes in family values. And they also believe in giving you great service at a low cost, like unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Average family saves almost $1,000 a year. I'm a Pure Talk customer, folks. Here's what I like. Same network, same coverage, same phone, lower bill, and 30 days risk-free. Switching can take just 10 minutes. It's a no-brainer. Show corporate America you're done funding their leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and make the switch to my company, Pure Talk. Can I just sit back and think about something? Look at all the tumult and turmoil and drama the Democrats create. Biden just threw a big turd in a swimming pool. That's what he did. And everybody hustles to respond to it. Everybody's reacting. The media responds to it. This is what they always do. This will have zero effect on your life. Zero effect on your life. The election will be crucial to you. In so many significant ways. And so they just keep throwing these shiny objects out there that they want you to chase. Because they have absolutely nothing positive to run on. Nothing positive to run on. They don't have an inflation agenda. Because they want to spend more money. Folks, these people are going to push us into a depression. I've been saying that for months. I don't know why the Republicans don't. But I'm telling you, they are. You have wide open borders. Can we stand this much longer? We've had 5 million people come across the border in 20 months. 20 months. These northeastern liberal cities can't handle when 5,000 people show up. But let me ask you a serious question. Where are all these people? What are they doing? Where are they? What are they doing? Five million people. 
Those are two simple questions, and they can't be answered. Five million people have crossed the border. Where are they? What are they doing? The Biden administration and the Democrats don't care. They don't even give a damn. They don't even ask the question. On those grounds alone, every one of these bums should be voted out. Are they going to put criminals and keep them in jail? Change whatever rules they need to change? No. They're not going to do that. What about these tent cities? Where you can't even walk down the streets. Where drug paraphernalia is everywhere. Are they going to clean these cities up? No, they're not. That's why they're not running on cleaning up our cities. That's why they're not running off backing our cops. It's not why they're running on deporting criminal aliens. They're not running on any of it. It's why they're not running on securing the border. Their ads are all about trashing the Republican opponent, deniers, their threats to democracy, their violent. It's not a single Republican running for any of these major offices who is violent, who is anti-democracy. Not one. Not one. Oh, they're going to destroy Social Security. Nobody's running on that. Not one. The Democrat Party hates America, and it's a party that's filled with fraud. We will have in the next hour Blake Masters uh, running for the Senate in Arizona, not getting one penny of support from Mitch McConnell. And following Blake Masters, we'll have Adam Laxalt. He's in a neck-and-neck race for the Senate in the state of Nevada. And then we'll have you. I'll be right back. There's still no end in sight for rising prices. That makes me even more thankful than ever that I called CarShield. Their price will never go up, so I don't have to worry about how much my repairs will cost when my car breaks down. It's amazing. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month that cover more parts than ever before. Whether your car is 5,000 or 150,000 miles, every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing, and rental car options at no extra cost. And like I mentioned earlier, when you got coverage today, you'll lock in your price. It'll never go up. So as long as you cover your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs. CarShield's providing me and millions of hardworking Americans with peace of mind, and they can do the same for you. Get coverage today, folks. Go to carshield.com slash mark or call 800-420-6669 to save 10% on your plan. That's carshield.com slash mark or 800-420-6669 to save 10%. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Oh man, I got more emails from people telling me what to do, when to do it, how to do it. I get worn out. I really do. Hello America, how are you? We have the great Blake Masters with us, who is going to take out... A leftist in uh, moderate clothing, uh, that would be uh, Kelly, who uh, never heard the man's voice till this election, quite frankly. And uh, Blake Masters, how's it looking on the ground there, sir? It's looking great, Mark. We are surging. Uh, We've got the momentum in the race. You know, the polls, the credible ones, have us tied. 
but I'd rather be us than the Mark Kelly camp because we've got the momentum. People are fired up, patriots across Arizona. We're ready to take our country back in just six days. You know, uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats are running on January 6th, now Paul Pelosi, partial birth abortion, and Social Security and Medicare. In other words, issues that have absolutely zero effect on the kitchen table issues that are facing the people in Arizona, they can secure that border. They refuse to do it. They can bring down crime. They refuse to do it. They can deport illegal aliens. They refuse to do it. They refuse to do all the things that are needed to protect uh, our communities and to create a prosperous nation. And they run on all these side issues. It's not going to work, is it? It's not going to work. We the people are waking up. And every day in Arizona, I'm talking on the ground with Of course, our grassroots Republicans are fired up, but also more moderate, you know, softer Republicans or independents, even some Democrats. Look at this wide open southern border, illegal immigration, unlimited, right? Fentanyl flowing in. Crime is rising in our cities and towns uh, and, and everybody's paying too much for gas and groceries. So the left, the Democrats, they can hem and haw about January 6th all they want. What it's really just doing is highlighting how out of touch they are. Uh, And it's desperate. People know at this point they're talking about all that stuff because they don't want to talk about their very real failures. And, you know, they've had 20 months. They've been in charge of everything, and they've demonstrated they're incapable of doing a damn thing properly. Uh, Well, things are just getting worse and worse. And can you imagine the Inflation Reduction Act two months ago? Has inflation been reduced? No, it just keeps Mm -hmm. going up and up and up. Of course it does because the Inflation Reduction Act was a $700 billion tax and spend bill. That's all the Democrats have proven that they know how to do, is tax you more, spend your money into oblivion. They caused this massive inflation. We give these guys any more time in office. You give Mark Kelly more time in office to rubber stamp Joe Biden's agenda, pretty soon inflation will be 25%. And you know what? Where do they want to take us? I mean, where exactly do they want to take us? We're going to have even less oil, less natural gas, less electricity. We're going to have, the, you know, you have 5 million Ill, uh, people coming into this country. Where the hell are all these people? And what are they doing? Look at crime through the streets. I mean, it's like getting a report card. I mean, what are you going to give these guys? You're going to give them a, uh, a passing grade? I just can't believe that these races across the country are this tight. I just think these, I guess these smear campaigns with these tens of millions of dollars have an effect, I guess. Some effect, you know, I mean, I've been outspent eight or nine to one, I think, by Mark Kelly and the Democrats. They have a lot of money to tell their lies, but that's what they have to do to, to even keep things somewhat close. Mark Kelly, I mean, he spent $30 million trying to make me out to be a monster, you know, slandering me. He, and he lies about his own record, too. He pretends to be a moderate. He pretends to be an independent. That's campaign Kelly. But then D.C. Mark Kelly, no, he votes as a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden's agenda. Uh, it's completely failed. People are absolutely sick of it. But, you know, you, you asked, where are they taking us? And you really got to wonder, I mean, if you were trying to destroy a country, what would you be doing all that different from what Joe Biden is doing, from what Joe Biden's White House is doing? They threw open our borders. They surrendered our sovereignty uh, to the Mexican narco-terrorist drug cartels. They want to surrender more sovereignty to the United Nations, to the World Health Organization, which is completely corrupt, the CCP proxy, um, they, they caused this massive inflation by surrendering our energy independence. Now Biden's over in Saudi Arabia begging for more oil, and they laugh at him, and they pump even less oil, right? So 
they, they fundamentally, I think, don't believe in America. They don't believe in our sovereignty. And we're just running in Arizona here. We've got a united ticket. We're running on an America first platform. We believe in a secure border. We believe in supporting our police, right? We believe in a healthy economy, low regulation, low taxes. This is very commonsensical stuff. But you got to wonder, why is the left doing what they're doing? Uh, it's going to lead to nowhere good and fast. That's for sure. Joe Biden accuses you and other candidates, all the Republicans out there, of being election deniers and violent. I guess he forgets in 2000, they were the election deniers. In 2004, they were the election deniers on the floor of the House of Representatives. In 2016, they were the election deniers. Hillary Clinton in particular, and Jimmy Carter, and the rest of them. So if you're going to raise questions about an election past... That is apparently a reason not to be elected. But if they raise questions about an election in the past, they're not election deniers. Same with the violence issue. They want to paint all Republicans with the idea that they're violent. And yet they want to ignore 2020 and all the other violent actions of the Democrat Party militia and all the rest of it. I'm hoping and I'm pretty sure of this you're kind of blowing all that off and sticking to the issues, right? Oh, absolutely. And this is just liberal hypocrisy on display. Right. Double standard rules for thee, but not for me. Um, you know, they tried to trick me in my debate with Mark Kelly, the moderator he was trying to bait me. He said, Blake, are you denying that Joe Biden's the president? And I said, of course, Joe Biden's the president. Have you seen gas prices lately? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> right. We had an election, not denying that we had an election. I think it was pretty messed up that apparently Facebook and Twitter worked with the FBI at the FBI's behest to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, right? But we can talk about that later. Uh, you're absolutely right. The Democrats have a double standard. There were 500, more than 500 violent riots, billions of dollars in damage, hundreds of people dead in the summer of 2020. BLM and Antifa, right? They could burn down police precincts and nothing bad happened to these people. What a double standard. The left, they don't want to do anything about street crime. They want to take away... Uh, you know, semi-automatic weapons from law-abiding citizens. It's this double standard, and I think we the people are waking up to it. Certainly people here in Arizona are. Seems to be a shift going on, but, you know, I don't get into all that. You got, you know, on TV people saying, look, there's a red wave, red wave, and at the same time they're saying it's too close, too close. My attitude is I am action-oriented, mission-oriented. We'll take a look at that after the election. Just get out and vote. Get your friends and family out to vote. Overwhelm the Democrats. Overwhelm the media. And then we know we'll have a good night, right? That's exactly right. We have to act like the underdogs. I am sprinting to the finish line. We are acting like I'm five points down uh, because we need to leave it all out on the field. We need to fight for the next six days like the future of our country depends on it. Because you know what? I think this time it actually does. And Mitch McConnell hasn't been a finger to help you, and, and, or a bull dock in uh, New Hampshire, and he's spending millions and millions of dollars against Shabaka in Alaska. What, what, what do you make of that? You know, I, I, apparently he doesn't want me in the Senate. Uh, he knows I'll be independent-minded. I'll be a strong conservative. For whatever reason, he's decided not to help me in this race. Although when he cut the funding for Arizona, you know, I, I just had to make a decision. Do I feel upset about this or not? And ultimately, I said, you know what? That's his business. My business is winning this race, and I'm going to do it with or without Mitch McConnell's money. I think we're on track to do it without, and that's going to be very sweet indeed. And I hope folks remember 
that when he yanked the rug out from under you, when he comes begging for your vote for him to be the Republican leader, people remember this because this is not the way for a Republican leader to conduct himself. He should be backing the general election candidate, not trying to pick and choose. He's the senator from Kentucky. He's not the senator from the world, right? You're here. And, you know, we'll, we'll have that conversation when I get in. He doesn't want me in, but I think he's going to be stuck with me. I'll say that. We're on track to win this race. We're closing it out hard. And unlike Mark Kelly, who's got nothing but lies to peddle, we have the truth on our side. We have the right message. We spread that message hard for the next five or six days. We're going to win this thing. Go to BlakeMasters.com. He can use a little extra push here at the end of the uh, campaign. BlakeMasters.com. A lot of people make up their mind right now, the weekend before. We want to wish you all the best. Any final words to the folks in Arizona and the country? I say, hey, look around. Are you better off now than you were two years ago? Unfortunately, the answer is probably no, right? So, hey, if you like the wide-open borders and the illegal immigration and the fentanyl, and all the crime, the crime wave that we've seen. If you like paying too much for gas or groceries, there's a U.S. Senate candidate for you in Arizona. His name's Mark Kelly. But if you think you and your family deserve better, hey, let's vote for a change. Vote for me. Vote for all Republicans up and down the ticket. That's how we make this red wave happen. Thank you so much, Mark. All right. Good luck and God bless. That's BlakeMasters.com, folks. BlakeMasters.com. When we return, Adam Laxalt, the state of Nevada. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. After uh, we talked to Adam Laxalt, trying to get him off the campaign. Oh, he's here. Adam Laxalt, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. We are on our bus campaigning all over the great state of Nevada. So luckily, you didn't get to see Biden's ridiculous, delusional speech, did you? I did not see it, although I was in a, uh, a community just now that had watched it. They had some uh, pretty strong thoughts about, once again, Biden uh, attacking over 50 percent of our electorate. But of course, he's concerned about violence. Uh, of course, they haven't lifted a finger to stop violence in this country. And uh, you're not allowed to mention that the the person who attacked Paul Pelosi in that horrific assault was an illegal alien who should have been deported. I mean, it's just amazing how the media react to this, blaming Republicans. And, of course, they, they promote their man, Biden, who gave a 20, 25-minute, absolutely unhinged, moronic speech. And well, guys know, like you know are going to ignore it, right? Just move on. Well, we know, this, we know this guy just in the last few weeks has said that the economy is, quote, strong as hell. He said that gas was $5 when he was president. Inflation is only up a tick. I mean, this guy is absolutely not there, and the people know it. He's at 37% in my state, which is why uh, my opponent, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, was in Las Vegas last night with Barack Obama and not Joe Biden. Uh, These people have nothing to do with him. They're doing everything they can. We lost him. He's on a bus tour in the middle of a desert, so we're going to try and get him back. But I don't know what Obama's going to do for his opponent either, since Obama has such a lousy record, and most of the policies Biden is instituting are Obama policies. 
So time will tell, of course. Uh, But in any event, do we have them yet? Yeah, we're having a problem. All right, let's take a caller. Do we have a caller? WPHD in Philadelphia, Nick. Man, Nick, you got a big one, big election, a couple of them. How are you? Hi, Mark. It's uh, it's an honor of my lifetime to speak to you. Um, I live in Philadelphia, your old hometown. Right. Um, I'm also a, tr- I'm a truck driver by trade, and I heard about, you know, two weeks ago you had mentioned the diesel shortage, and I had heard nothing about it. So I went to my boss and said, hey, what's the deal with this? Is this true? Is this, you know, should we be worried? And he said, Nick, um, we, you guys might be getting laid off in about two weeks if something oh, doesn't. Because we're a small company. We're not a huge company like Walmart or something Nick, like I that. want you to hold on. Don't hang up. Your call is very important. I want to go back to... Uh... We lost him again. Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. No, so, you know, my, my boss, you know, we're a subsidiary of Coca-Cola. We deliver to, like, bars and restaurants, and um, the diesel shortage is real. And people don't realize it, that everything comes in through a truck. Everything they see in a store, everything they see uh, that they purchase comes on a truck. And it's, it's powered by diesel fuel. And it's the economy, like you said the one time, the greatest metric to judge an economy is how cheap or how expensive diesel fuel is. People don't realize it. And also, I live in Philadelphia, and we had quite the experience last night. I actually submitted the videos to Fox News. We had a a vandal come through our neighborhood, right down our block, bust in every window on the house block. My house was the only house that didn't get the windows knocked out. So the police officers came. Uh, I have it on video. This guy attacked two women, and then he attacked the three or four officers. And they said, we're going to take him to the mental uh, hospital for 72 hours. And then we're going to release him for a mental health home. I said, everybody was like so upset. White people, black people, Spanish people, everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing about race or politics. Everybody was upset that this guy just committed violent acts against women and police officers in Philadelphia. And the cops, mm-hmm. you know what the only cops, you know what they said to us? They said, you have seven days, November 8th. You guys can vote. You guys can change this. This came from a sergeant of the Philadelphia. And he's right. All right, my friend. I really appreciate you. Keep it up. Thank you. Adam Laxalt, are you there now? I'm here. Sorry. We've got tough service in rural Nevada. We'll do our best here. One more shot. We had a caller here from the Philadelphia area, but he's a trucker. Goes all over the country. And I've been talking about this diesel shortage. Really, we kind of broke it on this story nationally. People were not talking about it. The White House was caught flat-footed. And diesel obviously fuels everything in this country. And um, he said he was a diesel. He's a diesel driver, Adam Laxall. And he said he asked his bosses, what's the situation? He said, if we don't have more diesel and have it soon, I have to let you guys off. We have huge problems in this administration. They're getting up there talking about January 6th. Isn't that the problem? The problem is that we have utter incompetence running our country. We've seen it for the last few years. They're focusing on nothing but this radical leftist agenda, and our country is being flushed down the drain. And I guess the only thing we can look forward to is that the public knows this. You know, as I travel the state, people have it deep in their stomach that this is the election to try to save our country that we've got to take back the Senate and the House to try to put a check on the Biden agenda. And if we don't do that, and if we don't stop this guy, at least for the next few years, 
who knows what this country is going to look like by 2024. And you told us last time that gasoline prices in your state are the second highest in the country behind California. That didn't happen. uh, We weren't importing a ton of gasoline from Ukraine or Russia. That's baloney. We were energy independent. It's just like food. We were net exporters of wheat and corn and soybeans. Now we're having to import these things. In two years' time, when you control Congress and the presidency, you really can put your foot on the throat of this country, can't you? Yeah, I mean, who knew in 2020 when we were campaigning saying that it was going to be a pivotal election and if Joe Biden were to win that our country would head the wrong direction, no one could have predicted he would destroy this country in such a rapid fashion. And these people have nothing to run on. My opponent has nothing to run on, which is why they're running on nothing but lies. I mean, Mark, they spent two months running commercials blaming me, the private citizen, for high gas prices. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, they, they tried everything else, as you know, the Putin price hike and greedy oil executives. Uh, and, and the bottom line is the voters aren't buying it. They understand this comes from the Biden administration, and this is why they're going to elect me on November 8th and hopefully a lot of Republicans all across our great country. You'd be a fantastic senator. Come on, Nevada. We need your help. It's adamlaxalt.com. You can do this. You can have a great senator. Thank you, Adam. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. This is the Octagon of Talk Radio, The Mike Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. So being Wednesday and all, the election's next Tuesday if you're going in person. The weekend before an election is a very busy time if you want to participate and get out the vote. So please keep that in mind this Saturday, this Sunday. Those are the days to sit at your table, your kitchen table, your dining room table, your desk, however you do it, and to make the calls. And by the way, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better for it, too. You are. So we don't want to just leave it to others. We can't just leave it to others. The country is ours. And look at the effects it's having on you directly. And look what's going on in New York to the Orthodox Jews again. Where all the secularists are getting together. And trying to control how they educate their kids. 
They don't care about the Constitution. And while I'm at it, we have here Jewish leaders call on Republican candidates to reject anti-Semitic comments. And uh, who are they talking about? Let's see. That is comments from associates or supporters of Republican candidates and growing calls for them to firmly reject such rhetoric. Is there a Republican candidate running for office who doesn't reject anti-Semitism? And I would ask these leaders, who are self-appointed, of course, I would ask them, no doubt all, if not most, I guess, Democrats, have you asked the Democrats the same thing? To stop backing AOC and Talib, who are running now, and Omar, and those are just three of the anti-Semite caucus wing in the Democrat Party, have they? They've spoken out against Joe Biden's support for an Iran deal, have they? That's what the Israelis fear the most. So, of course, they're trashing Adam Laxalt for no reason. They're trashing Dr. Oz for no reason. Uh, But, and they're not alone, but you have all these left-wing Democrat organizations. It's like the attacks on Herschel Walker. All of a sudden, all these black groups are coming out attacking Herschel Walker. It's all organized. It's all pap. It's all BS. And you liberal Democrats who run these different groups, these different ethnic groups, why the hell don't you get your act together? The leaders of these left-wing Hispanic groups, you see what's going on on the border? The leaders of these so-called Jewish groups, liberals, you see what's going on in your damn party? In your Democrat cities? Why don't you pay attention to that? And Catholics for abortion, those groups. Really? Are you kidding me? And I can go on and on and on. It's all to create an impression. As we call it, pseudo news. We have Supreme Court justices who have been threatened. One was the subject of a potential assassination attempt. And the Democrats have downplayed it. Joe Biden, after the Dobbs opinion, viciously and ruthlessly attacked the members of the court. He didn't care about the consequences. After the threat on Kavanaugh, Joe Biden sat on his mouth, said nothing. Nancy Pelosi sat on her mouth, said nothing. The hypocrisy, the double standards, amazing. People there, what do you think about Paul Pelosi? What do you think? Of course, it's horrific. But if you don't then say, you know what, I'm resigning as a Republican. As a Republican, I'm never going to vote for Trump again. I've had enough. I'm joining Liz Cheney. Short of that, short of that, you're attacked. Well, too damn bad. They've gone after Trump. They've gone after innocent people on January 6th. They don't even realize January 6th points out the politicization of the FBI and the Department of Justice against innocent people. We're not talking about the violent people. We all got that. We're talking about innocent people. And they take on the parents. 
and they'd take on pro-lifers, and now they're going after Elon Musk. Did you see this? Their favorite paper to leak to is the Washington Compost. Large foreign investors would have access to confidential information about Twitter's finances and potentially its users under the terms of Elon Musk's deal to acquire the social media site. People with them familiar with the matter told the Washington Post. Okay, that's the lead sentence where the headline is, U.S. exploring whether it has authority to review Musk's Twitter deal. Well, why didn't they look at Twitter before? Forget about the deal. Why didn't they look at the Twitter deal before? Is there any foreign money in Twitter? Of course there is. So they're now going to target Elon Musk. And for the Washington Post, that's not the big story. The big story is that he might be, you know, investigated. It's not that he's being targeted. He's being targeted. That revelation comes as Treasury Department officials. Look how they leaked this crap. Begin looking into whether they have the legal authority to start an investigation into the purchase because of Musk's ties to foreign governments and investors, people familiar with those discussions said. Now, this is precious. They don't care about the foreign ties of Joe Biden and the communist Chinese. They don't care about the foreign ties of the Biden crime family to all these governments and all the money they made and the fact that Joe Biden's been bought and paid for. No, no, no. Elon Musk. And they're not even sure they have the authority to look into it. Well, we're going to find it. We're going to get it. White House officials also previously discussed the possibility of a national security review of the acquisition, according to another person. Additionally, officials at the FBI looked into the potential counterintelligence risk posed by the deal this past spring, according to two people familiar with the inquiry. Though it's not clear whether the matter has been studied by senior officials at the Bureau or if those discussions are still active. (coughs) Look at this. All the people spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss matters they were not authorized to disclose publicly. But they did it in the Washington Post. Helped them. Facilitated it. They broke federal law. I'm sure there's all kinds of investigations going on. Isn't it amazing? There's not even an investigation, technically, of Elon Musk. They're trying to figure out how to create one. And then they raise all these red flags about Musk... And what, what about Twitter, the foreign investors, or his connections to foreign governments? And If you're not sick and tired of this by now, you should be. Because you could easily be next on this list. There's no question about it. 87,000 IRS agents. What do you think they're for? Billionaires? No. What do you think they're going to do? Sit at the IRS headquarters every day eating a bologna sandwich? No. They're going to join 90,000 existing IRS agents. They've doubled it at the cost of $80 billion and sick them on you. And sick them on you. I guess that's another reason to vote for a Democrat, right? Because they care about you. They care about hardworking Americans. No, they don't. How have they demonstrated that? So they're going after Musk here. They want to. This is a very long article smearing Elon Musk. They want to send him through this CFIUS board. Uh, Musk has extensive ties to China through Tesla. While his ties are not as significant as Joe Biden's, they're not as significant as Mitch McConnell's, 
They're not as significant as Dianne Frankenstein's, are they? Certainly not as significant as Eric Swalwell. But Elon Musk needs to be investigated. You watch how this works. All of a sudden, the Democrats had no problem with Zuckerberg, No problem with Silicon Valley. But Elon Musk, who is not Silicon Valley, he's in Texas. We want to know everything. They want to stop it. Because Elon Musk now has the power to determine how many phony users there were, the extent to which the Biden administration was conspiring with Twitter to affect the outcome of the election and all the rest of it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Liz Cheney on PBS NewsHour yesterday. Hat tip the blaze, cut 12, go. And I want to say a word about Speaker Pelosi. Uh, I, um, I did not really know her before I began work on the January 6th committee. Um, I'm not sure if I had ever spoken to her, actually. Um, but since I have been on the committee, um, and, and I say this, everyone knows, you know, she is a liberal from San Francisco, I'm a conservative from Wyoming. There are many, many issues, maybe most issues on which we disagree. Um, but uh, I think that she is um, a tremendous leader. I've watched her up close. She's a leader of historic consequence. Um, she uh, has put this committee together and demonstrated her commitment to the truth. So she's working closely with Pelosi now. As we assume, she made a confession, but she's too stupid to realize it. Historic consequence that Pelosi. Pelosi has been a mean, nasty, partisan speaker. She's completely and utterly changed that position. And for the worse. And so... Liz Cheney is one of her hand-picked hatchet persons, birthing people. And so look how she cozies up to Pelosi, and she's out there campaigning for Democrats. Dizzy Lizzy. I'm sure Daddy's proud of her, though. Remember that video Daddy shot? Remember we talked about that video in Wyoming? Hey, hey, evil Trump. Yeah, I remember that. By the way, fake tapper, they're making all kinds of records over there at the Constipated News Network. It appears that Chris Wallace, does he still have a job over there, Mr. Producer? But he has no ratings. No matter where he goes and what he does over there, there's zero ratings. And on the way out the door, of course, he trashes Fox. Fox paid for the food on his table. Now he's getting paid about $100 a, a viewer, I suppose. But everything he touches turns to uh, crap. But we all knew that. Now there's Jake the fake tapper. The recent announcement is he's going to return to his 4 p.m. show after midterms. CNN announced primetime plans in the coming days. So far, CNN is screwing up badly. I don't mean in terms of getting rid of people. They're a little slow in that regard, but... You know, moving around the deck chairs on the Titanic isn't exactly the way to, uh, to succeed. 
fake Jake Tapper was getting slaughtered at 9 p.m. Eastern by Hannity. Nobody will tell you that, so I'll tell you that. Slaughtered. Because he's doing the same damn thing. He's a propagandist for the Democrat Party, and he loves Joe Biden. Loves him. Doesn't even answer serious questions. There's only one person that could save CNN. It's me. 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., whatever. But I'm not going to CNN. Even if I didn't stay at Fox, I wouldn't go to CNN. You want to know why? I don't want to catch anything. That's right. I don't want to catch anything. I don't want to be around these people. They've done enough to destroy America. So you heard what... uh, What Hillary Clinton had to say, you heard what others have had to say. Uh, Have you heard what uh, Hillary Clinton had to say? Excuse me, Joe Scarborough, they do look alike, had to say, cut 15, go. Again, you talked about this a couple of days ago. It's only gotten worse for these Republicans that, again, can't just come out and say, this is really bad. We have a problem with violence on our side. We have a problem with with fascism. We have a problem with violence on our side and fascists on our side. You get paid for your stupidity. Why would the rest of us follow suit, you moron? We have a problem with fascism and stupidity. Man, oh man. That Mika Brzezinski, she's got Big Joe tied around her pinky, doesn't she, Mr. Producer? My goodness, I don't know what's going on there, but whatever it is, it's working. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends out there. Thank you. And the people in Taiwan and the people in Ukraine, we pray for you. Folks, we got to save ourselves. Nobody's going to do it for us. We have great candidates across the board. Don't be dispirited. Be excited. 